Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Oh, I'm glad because uh, I read a little bit about Cairo and I was really worried about you because all the hits I got were pretty bad. Yes, we've been having several bombings in Cairo and other places and Sinai is almost a war zone now. But one good thing is that we're not suffering from the power cuts we used to in previous years. Ah, okay. Do you think you don't have these power cuts anymore because of the aid money uh, that Egypt got from the Gulf states over the last two years? Most probably, yes. But still, the people I talk to are wondering where's the rest of the money. Because commodities such as fuel, which helps with the electricity, is only part of the aid. Yeah, I got the same impression when I was talking to some experts about the issue. So, are you ready for our short? Yes. When googling Egypt, the most hits I got were about victims, torture, crackdown, jail and bombings. Until I read about the Gulf states pumping billions of dollars into the country, apparently in order to help reviving the economy. So I started to wonder, what difference did this aid make for Egyptians over the past two years? In this Planet Mundus short, I, Kim Schönrock, along with my colleague Nihal El-Sharif, will take you to Egypt to figure that out. In order to do so, Kim and I decided to talk to some Egyptians on the street and some experts to give us the laydown on Egyptian economics. Before getting into details about this funding, you should remember that Egypt has been going through some rough years. Since 2011, two presidents were ousted as people have been protesting against the successive governments. Now, a military-supported government is ruling the country, and people are still struggling to feel a change. In daily life, things are getting worse. I feel less secure than I did five years ago. There has been no change in terms of my social life or even my salary, which is almost the same as it was before the revolution. This is Nashwa Ahmed, a 20-year-old single woman living with her parents. She told me that she does not feel any difference because of all this money coming to Egypt. So the question is, if she can't feel it, what happens to this money? According to economist David Butter, the money that has been coming from the Gulf states was necessary to make sure that Egypt survived the past two years. Yeah, I think the purpose of the Gulf aid was to tide Egypt over it, to put Egypt in a position whereby it can generate other forms of, of, of financial inflows to, to make its financial position sustainable. The question is, you know, is that going to happen? And I guess you'd say that you know, there's been some progress, but really just not there yet. Let me give you an idea of what we are talking about here. Egypt has received billions of dollars since 2013, when Islamist president Mohamed Morsi was ousted from power. This came as cash, commodities such as fuel, as well as investments. Actually, they got more than 30 billion dollars. 30 billion dollars! Nihal, you can buy 857 of the most expensive car this world has to offer, which is a Ferrari. 
Or, to put it into something more concrete for me, I could get myself roughly 10 billion cafe lattes at Starbucks for that amount of money. Exactly. The money came in installments. Around 20 billions arrived in 2013. Then, in March this year, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, and Kuwait pledged another $12 billion in aid and investments to give another push to Egypt's economy. By the way, we're talking about money that's coming directly from five Gulf states, basically all of them except Qatar. Not from the IMF, not from the World Bank or any other institution. So what are the conditions put by the Gulf states for this money? While there are no clearly announced conditions like the ones usually put by the IMF, it's pretty clear that the Gulf states are paying this much because they want to support President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi rather than his predecessor. To explain it shortly, Kim, they were not really happy with how the previous Islamist government was trying to export political Islam to their countries. Okay, I guess it makes sense that they have a kind of idea which direction the country is to go. Anyway, these are a lot of complicated numbers. Do Nashwar and other Egyptians know about this money? For me personally, or for my family, we have not really felt any change. Yes, she said she heard about the money, but she can't see any difference and even goes on to say that things are actually getting worse for her and her family. While prices of food, electricity and other everyday expenses are getting higher, the change in her salary is not noticeable. Even though the minimum wage increased in recent years, inflation rates have been high, reaching 13.1% in May. So, she doesn't really feel the positive effect. So, you can feel that our living standard is getting lower. I don't get it, Nihal. I thought this money is helping the country. If Nashua thinks things are getting worse despite billions being pumped in, it does not seem to reach its destination. Not necessarily. I spoke to Nivin Wahish. She writes about economics for one of Egypt's biggest newspapers. And she says that the crisis in Egypt would probably be much bigger without this money. As far as the central bank, the money deposited there, it's support for the reserves, Egyptian foreign reserves. If the government needs to use it, obviously, to repay its own foreign currency debt, to buy commodities, to make dollars available for importers, it will use it. I'm sure there would have been more crises had that money not been there. Uh, with the foreign reserves being drawn on to pay for imports, whether it's fuel or uh, wheat or whatever, we would have, I think, run out of uh, foreign reserves by now. So certainly they did support the economy somehow. Also, Kim, you need to remember that Egypt is the world's biggest wheat importer. The government needs money to buy food for its people. And by the way, the latest official data showed that the amount of imports is almost triple the amount of exports. Yeah, I get that, because I read that Egypt spent roughly $60 billion on imports last year, and obviously the country therefore needs a stable level of foreign reserves. And actually, before Egypt got the money from the Gulf states in 2013, things looked pretty grim. Foreign exchange reserves were down to about $8 billion in March 2013. They came up a little bit with some money from Qatar in April, May, June, but... Um, you know, we're about 11 billion, you know, it's just under two months worth of imports. And there is more. 
Egyptians are used to getting fuel really cheap compared to other countries, since the government has heavily subsidized it for decades. Yet, in order to save money, the government decided to slash those benefits. For millions of Egyptians, this means they have to pay more. Since the subsidies were cut, the price of fuel rose by up to 78%, and it seems to go even further. The finance minister recently stated that the country will cut the fuel subsidy bill by another 10% next year. Okay, so this should make quite a difference in Egypt's budget, right? Subsidies has been some fairly modest savings so far. Most energy products in Egypt are still quite heavily subsidized. The benefits haven't yet kind of shown up in any kind of dramatic way in the government accounts. And I think um, the first six months of this fiscal year, energy subsidies cost £44 billion. Pounds, there were £49 billion pounds in the same period of the previous year. So it's not a huge saving so far. So, even though the slashing of the subsidies is not making that much of a difference for the country's budget, people certainly feel it when they fill their cars. Butter even goes on to explain that the finance ministry also increased taxes on cigarettes, adding just another burden on the people. Actually, listening to all this, I really cannot see how any of these measures or the aid money help to improve ordinary people's lives. How do they feel about it? I spoke to Wael Salah, who, unlike Nashwa, is married and has two kids. When I asked him what does Egypt need now so that his life would get better, he said, Egypt needs a lot of things. Less protests and more production. It's not just about blaming the government. People also should work more. The government, on the other hand, should announce where the money is going and how it's going to affect the people. And if a certain project will not have a direct effect on the people, then don't use the money there. Find another project. Invest in something beneficial to the masses. Butter actually agrees with this and says that the government should be honest with the people instead of sugarcoating how everybody collectively would have to pay some sort of price. I don't think there is any kind of quick fix. From the government's point of view, they have, they're have saying, right, our way out of this is more growth, more investment, so therefore we have to try and present a kind of positive picture of our economic prospects. But uh, you know, at the same time, they have to be realistic and accept um, that in some areas their economic position is very, very precarious. So, to get things clearer, although Egypt got some $30 billion over two years, the money was only used to get the economy going. There was no direct effect on the citizens. Exactly. Prices are getting higher, and thus the living standards are getting lower, which is why there is a feeling of insecurity. Furthermore, due to the lack of transparency, people do not know where the money goes. But Nihel, what about if they were in charge of this money? How would they use it? Well, Nashua thought of something that she believes would benefit her and others directly, improving the quality of water and health facilities. I know these are not the kind of projects that bring money to the country, but they are the projects that would provide a minimum feeling of security and trust in the country in the coming period. I want to drink a glass of tap water without wondering what kind of disaster awaits me. This was Nihal Sharif and Kim Schönrock with the first short to be produced over this summer. Wait for more from all around the world. From Planet Mundus, 
We wish you a great day. Just